Welcome to Automated Mobility, the people behind the wheel. In this podcast series, we get to know the experts working in the field of automated mobility. What drives them and how do they think their work contributes to a better mobility system? I am your host, Henriette Cornet, and I am the coordinator of SHOW, a European project testing automated vehicles in real life. SHOW is led by UITP, the International Association of Public Transport. Together with 70 other partners, we investigate a future where mobility is shared, connected and automated. Today's episode, Guido Di Pasquale, UITP. Hello Guido, welcome to the podcast series. Very nice to have you with us today. Thank you very much, Ariette. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, first podcast episode? Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, so it's a bit special actually to have you with us today because... Yeah, you are from UITP, so we will be able to go behind the scenes of UITP and also at the roots of show, because you were at the very, very beginning of the project. And um, yeah, you participated to its creation and so on, so we will get into that. And also, I have to say it's a bit special because um, you are actually the person who hired me at, uh, within UITP. We met in Singapore, if you remember, and it was kind of a synchronicity because... <laughs> I was looking um, some way to get back to Europe, and I think you were kind of <laughs> desperately looking for someone for show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to manage this very large project. So uh, I would say it works pretty well. It was very nice to meeting you, and I'm here today, thanks to you. Same, same for me. I mean, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, like uh, uh, a very important uh, milestone for me to meet you in Singapore. Uh, because I was there presenting show for the first time. Oh, okay, I see. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so be good step. Okay, so let's uh, jump into into the episode. Um, I would like to introduce you to the audience so that the audience get to know you better. You are deputy director uh, within UITP in the division of KNI. And um, you have other side activities. Maybe we can mention them a bit later. But uh, can you tell us first what you are doing at UITP and what is KNI uh, about? Yes. Uh, KNI Knowledge and Innovation is, uh, I would say, a core department at UITP. Uh, we are in charge of developing the knowledge. Uh, the knowledge is developed uh, through uh, two main streams. Uh, one is uh, working with our members, working with them um, through the uh, committees that we have. We have many committees addressing many uh, topics that are relevant for public transport, and we work with them. Uh, one of the examples is uh, this policy brief on autonomous vehicles that you have mentioned several times in this podcast. Uh, and like that, we have many others uh, on all fields, on buses, electric buses, rail, uh, on the role of the authorities, and so on. Mm -hmm. The second stream... Uh, is uh, is the projects uh, okay. through, through the projects. Before going to the project, can you remind us about the members of UITP? Who are they? Where are they coming from? And it will help us understand also like yes. uh, the, the vision, the global vision of UITP and the, the goal yes. behind it. UITP is a, uh, I think a unique um, 
a, a unique uh, um, ecosystem of memberships because we have uh, all type of uh, actors that are needed to advance public transport. Uh, these are the public transport authorities, the public transport operator, as well as the new mobility service providers, so operators as well. We have the industries and suppliers and the uh, academics as well. Okay. And for, for the person very not, absolutely not familiar with public transport, maybe it's good to remind that you have this type of authority, which is more related to the government. They get kind of an assignment from the government to um, arrange, to monitor, to supervise um, the public transport system. And the operators are really the one uh, on the ground, like uh, executing, so to say, the mobility. Is it correct? Do I exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we have to distinguish the operators, the operators that are the ones transporting people uh, through their uh, means of transport. It can be um, metro, or buses, or uh, other vehicles. And the authorities that we call at UATP organizing authorities because they are the ones organizing the mobility in the in the cities. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks for for clarifying this. Um, yeah, and what about your, your role? What yes, are you doing at, at My UITP? role at UITP, so I, um, uh, I'm co-director now of Knowledge and Innovation, and, um, uh, and I'm responsible for, uh, for our team in KNI, in particular for the, the, the implementation of the research and innovation projects that we have. Mm -hmm. We have many, many of them uh, at UITP, uh, touching all the different uh, aspects. One of them is automation, of course, but we, we, as I said, we, uh, we have projects on, uh, on cities, on smart cities, uh, projects on uh, uh, governance, on uh, electric buses and uh, rail uh, and uh, ticketing and so on. So mm -hmm. my role here is to support and supervise the team on the deployment of these uh, research projects. Uh, I also have um, other responsibilities, uh, given uh, uh, my background on IT, ITS and, and technology. I'm involved in other associations, sister association of UITP, one of them is uh, IT4PT. So I'm uh, the chairman of the requirement committee mm -hmm. there, uh, working with uh, members to um, uh, to understand the needs of uh, operators and authorities in terms of standardizations. Mm -hmm. and Standardization of ITS? Like ITS, of, uh, IT. Okay. So we started with onboard uh, equipment, standards uh, onboard, the vehicles, the buses, uh, but it can be also end-to-end, -end, uh, back-office uh, standards and communication between different systems. Okay, I think you need, you need to elaborate a bit yes. on this. So it means like connectivity from the bus to the infrastructure to the control center or like what what exactly. type of uh, connectivity exactly. or systems? connectivity uh, communication between the vehicle mm -hmm. and uh, the back office systems um, communication between back, uh, back office system with another back office system uh, onboard uh, standards uh, so everything related to IT mm -hmm. within public transport is um, addressed by IT4PT in terms of uh, standardization. Okay, I see. And this back-office system, an example would be, is it what's managed, for example, the real-time information system, things like that? Yes, or what, things what would like be that. applications? Things, things like that. Uh, standards for data exchange, mm -hmm. uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, like for for, uh, for exchanging, for example, uh, timetable information mm-hmm. or real time information. Um, and this is uh, actually we are uh, addressing this type of. Uh, um, challenge through a project that we coordinate called Data for PT, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, quite important because it is supporting EU member states in the deployment of these data standards mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and the uh, let's say building these national access points. Yeah, well, okay. There's a yeah, lot. There's <laughs> a lot. There's to, a lot. Yes, yeah, yes. A lot to talk and, about. And coming back okay. to other my role, I'm involved also in the executive board of the Smart Ticketing Alliance, mm-hmm. just to, to complete. Okay. The overview. So ticketing uh, on on top. On top. Yes. <laughs> on top of everything. Before moving to show, uh, I would have a question regarding the vision of UITP towards mobility. Um, the people who are listening to who have listened to all the episodes before kind of know it because I mention it from time to time. Um, but uh, since you are longer also working for UITP, I, w- I would really like you to, to tell the audience what is uh, the mobility vision of UITP? What is, how is UITP seeing uh, mobility in our everyday lives? Yes, thank you. Thank you for, for the question. This is, uh, um, it, it's, it's important to highlight the vision of UITP uh, in terms of uh, uh, mobility, uh, mobility of uh, of the future, um, UITP says um, mobility must be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, Central, right? Yes. In everything we, so we do. We we used to say move people and not vehicles or cars, uh, because. Uh, what we want to reach in terms of uh, um, environment, in terms of uh, safety, uh, sustainability in, in general, uh, is where public transport can really play a role. Uh, and we say public transport is part of the solution of, uh, of our challenges. So at UITP, uh, we see public transport as a, a backbone of urban mobility. Uh, but we are also aware uh, that uh, the traditional public transport cannot satisfy all the needs of the uh, of the people, all the different needs, like in, in rural areas or in suburbs or in different time uh, of the day. Uh, so we need more flexible transport. Uh, so that's why in the recent years uh, uh, we uh, we talked about the redefinition of public transport. Uh, where you have always pub- uh, the, the, the mass transit as a backbone of urban mobility, but complemented by uh, other uh, more uh, flexible and on-demand uh, transport. So mass transit would be the metro, very would typically. Be the metro, the buses. And yeah. this uh, other mode of transport, what, what can they be? Other mode of transport can be the, the, the what we call now shared mobility, um, can be vehicle on demand so that you you book on your own request uh, this mini minivans mini buses for example or it can be uh, car sharing it can be bike sharing uh, without forgetting walking and and cycling mm-hmm. and uh, the, the scooters and the scooters <laughs> who are everywhere uh, currently yes but uh, as a whole uh, this would constitute the mobility mm-hmm. um, of the future for UATP mm-hmm. And with this sustainability background, it's all about having lowest impact as possible on the environment and being really like um, 
have a kind of um, positive impact also on the society. Saying inclusive, for example, accessibility, inclusiveness, exactly. all this aspect. For me personally, I see it including in the term sustainability. Exactly. This, this would ensure accessibility for all, uh, sustainability uh, in terms of uh, economical and uh, environmental viability, viability uh, but also inclusiveness because we need to ensure the right uh, of transport, of mobility to all. Mm -hmm. So everyone needs... Uh, needs to have this right yeah. to move from access A to B mobility. and yeah. access mobility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, thanks for for putting this. It's a very good framework, I would say, also uh, to to move on. And I think it was based like we keep always this in mind when we are working in automotive mobility. Uh, I would like we can speak about it a bit later. Um, but uh, I always remind that it's not having automated mobility for uh, just just for it or for love for technology or whatever. But we keep always in mind the sustainability impact, positive impacts that we want to make. But um, I suggest moving on to um, show to the to the show project, which is uh, yes. hosting this <laughs> podcast. I see you smile already when uh, when uh, when you're here. Yes, <laughs> big memories. <laughs> yes, yeah, so maybe you can tell us a bit about the, the origin of the project. Uh, who initiated it, maybe, or how ha has it been created? And yeah, this. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that that's a very exciting question for me because uh, I, I still consider show one of the big, biggest achievement that we mm -hmm. we did at UATP. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit your baby. <laughs> a bit the baby that now you are growing and you are successfully, uh, let's say, conducting. Uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of it, and also coming back to the initial, uh, to the beginning, very proud that uh, we we met and that you are now uh, conducting this project. But going back to the um, history, um, I would start. Uh, I think you already talked about the policy brief in 2017, uh, but in 2016, uh, when I joined UITP, we didn't have any any special uh, approach or uh, position or ideas on autonomous vehicles or automated mobility. Um, so it was something that was left to, to other sectors. So, but well, to the this, industry, for example. To the industry, for example. Uh, with this policy brief, it was uh, the first important act, action, from our members to, uh, to discuss together what the, the autonomous vehicle could bring, uh, the value that, that this could bring to the public transport sector. And you know very well this, uh, this policy brief, the, the, the content of it that was, uh, let's say, um, passing the message that autonomous vehicles should be integrated with public transport and they should not uh, simply replace uh, the private cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that uh, it can only work if it is integrated as a system. So yeah. that was the main message of the policy brief. Uh, so avoiding, for example, having um, AV fleets in parallel to public transport that could compete with exactly. public transport. Exactly. So at that time, uh, we wanted to do more, more than simply which was already uh, a lot, but to do to, to advance, to do more than uh, uh, a policy brief. Uh, we also started to uh, discuss with the EU institution and also with external stakeholder and to try to understand what was happening. 
uh, and then with the members, mostly the same that uh, wrote this policy brief, but we tried to involve all, all other members, we decided to create a project, uh, an internal project that mm -hmm. we called Space, uh, shared, personalized, uh, connected, automated vehicles. So I remember. Um, I will ask you the same question about show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's more challenging. <laughs> um, I, I, I know it as show. <laughs> but with space, um, we wanted to, to have a proper project, uh, limited duration, but go more into details. Uh, and we realized or we, uh, we thought that the main argument for us to, to deepen and to, 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 to develop the knowledge for uh, was to understand the use of these vehicles, so the different use cases uh, of automated vehicles, always looking at this integrated and shared approach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a possible architecture, technical architecture, um, so how this vehicle would be technically integrated into the public transport systems. Mm -hmm. A bit this aspect comes back to this, for example, connectivity aspect and data exchange and exactly. so on. So really, exactly. um, yeah. really connecting. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can come back to this if you want. Uh, the third uh, important uh, element was to understand the impact of autonomous vehicles at different level, uh, especially uh, the impact on the different stakeholders, the impact on the authorities, the impact on the operators, and the impact on the citizens. You mean the role when you say the impact of the authorities? Yes, so what office? would mean for them? Mm -hmm. How operators should reorganize themselves, mm -hmm. their operational uh, uh, daily, uh, you know, um, and uh, when they introduce these vehicles, because if we assume they are electric, first of all, you have the challenge yeah. uh, that they are electric, but they are also autonomous and how this can replace fixed lines and so on. Uh, for the authorities as well, so they have to organize the mobility in the city and uh, uh, there is an impact on, on the overall mobility yeah. of the city and also on the citizens and the user acceptance and how we can... Uh, facilitate this user acceptance or understand at least uh, the barriers and the challenges for, for, for us for as citizens to, to accept this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had also some, some episodes on that and we will come back to the public, speaking about the, the public um, perception on, uh, of uh, automated mobility. But you mentioned the use cases and that's a term that we use constantly in projects, but I'm not sure it's clear for everyone. A way I like to put it, and it's not exactly the same, is, for example, services. So when we define use cases um, with automated mobility, we are looking at which vehicles do we have for which purpose. And uh, I don't know if you want to give us some examples so we have a bit in mind what's, what's possible. I, I gave it also in the very first introduction episode, yeah. how can they be used, but that's something that space really contributed. Exactly. Because I know a lot of people are refer referring still to space yeah. with this use cases slash maybe services. Services. More or less. Yeah, indeed, we wanted to, to identify a number of uh, interesting services, as you say, that uh, uh, the automated vehicles could uh, bring forward. So, uh, for example, as a robotaxi or as a, uh, automated depot of buses or as uh, 
um, yeah, uh, there are there are as big buses mm-hmm. or as as shared. Uh, shuttles, mm-hmm. or as you know, so different, including logistics as well. So um, that there were 13 use cases, if I remember well, that were identified. Uh, this is coming from the knowledge that we have today, of course. So the hope is that in the future there will be some services and use cases that today we don't even mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, of course, more more to come in the future. Okay, so that, that was space, and somehow space evolved into yes. something more, not, I don't want to say structured, but like um, to something including external uh, funding and so on. So tell yes. us about well, at the, at, the, at the same period, there was this uh, big call launched by the European Commission that was reflecting uh, almost 100% what we have, what we were doing in space. Mm-hmm. So this call was really asking for uh, the, the introduction of uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, shared and uh, integrated with public transport. Of course, looking at the, the technology, the different aspects, uh, safety and uh, cybersecurity and um, even user acceptance from the social point of view. Uh, but the, 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 the mission or the objective of this call was exactly the same as space. So mm-hmm. that's why we decided, okay, UITP should be the leader of uh, a proposal, uh, an application for this type of project, uh, because we want the users, users meaning as the operators or mm-hmm. the, the, the users of this technology, uh, to lead this type of project. So I started to, to contact the different um, actors in Europe, research centers, uh, operators, uh, OEMs, uh, vehicle manufacturers, shuttle manufacturers. So all the, the actors that in 2018 were, uh, were working hardly on this. And um, it became big. It became big because uh, at the end we, we were attractive as, as UITP because the call was about public transport and shared mobility and having UITP leading this type of, mm-hmm. uh, of project uh, attracted many, many actors. So we built this big consortium. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we also had some, some discussions and we included uh, other groups that were initiating uh, a sim- similar project, so we decided to merge and have uh, uh, a bigger and uh, more impacting approach. But what I think was uh, a part the technology side that is uh, under development in in show and the demonstration, I think is also the the impact that the project will provide mm-hmm. and is providing already in terms of knowledge and in terms of community. Uh, creation and in terms of really uh, providing a forum for uh, for for, uh, for all of us, yeah, uh, and to see in the demonstrations what what is happening. Yes, that's uh, that's also the way I, I see this very unique project because of its size. That of course we have all these technological developments and um, academic work and so on. But this community, as you say, like it's it's unique. It's it's so large that we are really talking to everybody, and the knowledge can be shared within the community. And we will make progress thanks to that, thanks to this uh, to this sharing of of, of knowledge, definitely. Um, 
but digging maybe a bit more into this uh, into into the project what you i'm sure you remember very good how it is structured and all the topics is there a topic in particular that you like in the project something you find you find very personally maybe put it aside your role as a deputy director but like really personally something that um that how you say oh, this this was new and, and exciting Yes, I mean, overall, I think the project is uh, very well uh, uh, built and, and structured. Uh, of course, I put more, uh, more energy and emphasis on the demonstrations. So this is, for me, the, the, the core and the most important part and the ones that I like more because it's, uh, uh, it, it's the way uh, the project can, uh, can, de can demonstrate Uh, you know what what the the, the industries and also can uh, give the opportunity to the industries to work with the operators and to work with the local authorities and to work with uh, even with the citizens in in some cases so i think the demonstrations are the most important and it is where i spent more time mm -hmm. to discuss with uh, uh, with the cities and discuss with uh, the, those who were at the time leading the local uh, uh, building of this um, local community Uh, but also the... But maybe before you jump to the next point, sorry to interrupt, um, regarding the demonstration, what we mean with that is that we had two years of preparation in the project with this goal of having the vehicles actually on the road. So that's what we mean with demonstration. Sometimes it's called pilot activities, uh, tests. So it's really putting everything that we have built together with, the, with all the partners into services, into the, uh, the, um, on the road, And this is happening actually right now. They are starting, so I also mentioned it in previous episode, and I, I will put the link so that people can check. Maybe it's happening close to their home somewhere where they can really try the services. And they are also, what's unique with this demonstration is they are running for a longer period of time. So it's not kind of a advertisement, uh, entertainment, I don't know how to call it, short, um, uh, sh short service, but it's over a month. People can try it. And really, that is where, and I think it's, it's, it's what you meant before, where we can gather most of the, most of the uh, outcomes, insights. So I just wanted to remind a bit what are these demonstrations yes, in the project. Indeed, indeed. This is very important because uh, probably for the first time we have a project where you have several months of uh, testing. And with several months, uh, eight, six or ten, you can collect data and you can uh, uh, assess the impact yeah. of the service uh, in, in the city, in the road infrastructure, on the, uh, for the technology, all the problems and the challenges. So you need time and even prepare, to prepare that. So you, you could realize in the, in the project, doing yeah. the project, that it took ages yeah, only to get the permission <laughs> yeah. to, to test this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, the permission is a bit... Uh, less than two years, but in some countries it's it's one year, yeah. actually, to get the permit, but to prepare everything, to, to prepare, prepare the entire... And all this yeah. is lesson learned yeah. for for uh, for any anyone, any city, any operator that wants to, uh, to, to start this. Mm -hmm. To do it again. And uh, I would be interested to, to know a bit your, your view on um, European projects in general, because what I noticed with show is okay, there is this incredible community and we are um, generating so much knowledge, but still I can see some limitation to, to such 
I would say, tool construct mechanisms of European project, mainly, uh, as I sometimes mention, uh, being the coordinator, it means for us a lot of administrative work. So for me, I'm a bit like um, not so sure if it is the right tool, if we really want to have an impact on, on the mobility of the future. But I really would like to have your, your opinion on that. Do you think that what is the, what is the usefulness really from this project and can they really have an impact? Considering all this, uh, so that they are quite heavy in terms of administration, for example. It's true that yes, it's quite heavy in terms of the administration, but I truly believe that this, the European projects are a powerful tool uh, to, 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 for research, uh, to support the research in Europe and uh, to strengthen the collaboration between the different parties. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives really the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to establish this collaboration between Sweden and Greece, Italy mm -hmm. and France and Germany, and to exchange on between universities, uh, their research, um, and to put together the users, who can be the operators, the final users, or whoever, the users of the technology, uh, with uh, uh, those providing the technology. Uh, so it's a unique, uh, I think, way supported by the European Commission. Uh, so it's reducing the risks in terms of finance for the research. But it's a unique opportunity uh, for European organizations to advance in, in research, uh, supported, uh, financially by the European Commission, but also pushing them to collaborate, mm -hmm. pushing them to collaborate uh, at international level. Otherwise, the research will remain local, local mm -hmm. uh, best case national, uh, and they will never exchange. Uh, and I think this is important. It's important for the research, for the development of the, in the European industries. It is important also uh, for young generations to have the opportunity to, to be in these projects, young researchers. Yeah, to we have many PhD students. Many PhD project, students yeah. that uh, I'm sure they will always remember uh, <laughs> their involvement in this project because it gives the opportunity to, uh, to exchange with peers in other uh, part of the world. It's true that it's, uh, it's a burden, this financial administration, but it's, uh, after all, it's these projects money, right? are funded by taxpayers. <laughs> exactly. So we yeah. need transparency. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and uh, I, I fully agree with this aspect of, I found it even like uh, so nice on everyday basis how we are talking to everyone in Europe, like, as there was absolutely no frontier between us. And yeah, you see this uh, multicultural and interdisciplinary background. I think that's something very unique that these projects, this type of projects can, uh, can support. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Show is a bit special because it's big. And when you have uh, this number of partners, the administration become very heavy, and uh, you know very well. Uh, in other cases, it's not that that big and it can be uh, easier managed, to manage. Yeah, yeah. Easier to manage. In an easier way. Maybe it's uh, time now to move to um, the topic itself of automating mobility. You have mentioned it already with the space project. We have talked about it um, with, with show and these demonstrations that are happening. Um, but I would like to hear from you something a bit more personal, so to say. 
how do you relate to automotive mobility? How did you come to this topic? Because uh, from your background, I didn't mention uh, in the beginning is electronic engineering. So how, how did you end up working in this uh, in the field of uh, automotive mobility and what is interesting for you in this uh, in this topic? Yes, thank you for the for the question. Uh, I it was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I started as, uh, as a software engineer for industrial automation. So some, somehow I was already starting with automation. Um, it's more robotic? Or more what robotics, okay. yes, more robotics. Uh, then I moved to the transport sector, um, working on uh, IT, ITS, IT solutions for mobility. Uh, that was already close to, to this. Uh, but then when I joined UITP, I think, Everything started um, because of this need of uh, pushing uh, for uh, the, the, the importance of automated mobility in our sector. Uh, so I took uh, this uh, this opportunity to to lead this uh, uh, this new challenge. Uh, I found it very attractive and exciting because it's uh, because I like technology because mm -hmm. I like uh, uh, the future of mobility, so I, I found automated mobility, autonomous vehicles, a very, very exciting topic. Mm -hmm. uh, I think most of us found it, find the AVs very, very exciting. Um, and, and, and yeah, that, that was the, the main reason. And when I started to dig and to understand it better, uh, I was very, uh, attracted by it, uh, and uh, I started to speak with the people. I started to speak with the industries and to understand how this vehicle would work and the challenges and where we are today and where we want to to be tomorrow. Um, it's uh, it's it's attractive also in terms of uh, future of mobility mm -hmm. and uh, how we want to transform yep. the mobility of tomorrow. Yeah, fully, I fully relate to that. And I see auto, this topic of automotive mobility really as a fantastic platform to discuss all the layers of mobility. Meaning you have, you start really with uh, citizens' behavior, how people, why people are moving around. Uh, why do they need to move? Uh, what are their behaviors? What are their expectations, their needs, and so on? And after you can dig into technology development and really get kind of nerd uh, nerd development and see okay what what is uh, what are we in terms of uh, technology uh, progress now you have the policy aspect you have uh, this regulation you have so i really love this field and this is what i hear when when you talk about it because it's touching so many aspects of our society uh, in general yeah there was also another uh, episode or uh, aspect that uh, personal life that's um uh, touched me uh, a lot. Um, you know, I had my father who was very passionate of motors and so on. Uh, but at some point for his disease, he couldn't drive anymore. And uh, he had to rely on other people mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to drive him around to, to, to the hospitals and so on. So that was uh, made me thought, well, if we had automated vehicles here, that he could simply book a shuttle or on-demand shuttle. Maybe he could go everywhere and could continue to do yeah. a normal life as he used to be. To stay to be. in the society. To stay in the society. Yeah, and this society. is, for me, true for 
these cases, but also for other uh, people vulnerable and with disease or elderly people and disabled. So aut automated uh, mobility could also would be a really inclusive. Mm -hmm. If deployed properly. If and, deployed uh, properly. <laughs> that's what we are working on yes. every day. So, okay, thanks for sharing this uh, uh, with us. And, um, okay, before closing this, uh, this uh, episode, there is a kind of a, a release of uh, information that uh, we, can, we can make now. Um, that's an information that I've heard uh, you told us a few weeks ago and uh, made me very sad, of course, so maybe the audience can already... Uh, know what will come but you have new plans for the future and we can uh, share it now and uh, it's sad but on the other side I'm very happy because you will stay in the field of automated mobility so please tell us more about it. Thank you for the question indeed uh, it's, it's sad for me uh, but I decided to, to leave UITP to take a new adventure a new, a new challenge And I'm happy to have been selected and appointed to be the um, future managing director of a new association uh, that is called PAVE Europe, so Partners for Automated Vehicles Education, uh, where education is, is very important. So I will be, let's say, the, the first one uh, to build this new coalition of European uh, organizations that would like to join us. There are already uh, funding members that pushed for the creation of this. And I'm happy to stay in the field of, of automated mobility and to contribute now even more mm -hmm. because it's, uh, I am going back to this uh, after, after a period of uh, uh, taking another role at UATP. So I'm very happy to now to start this new adventure. And uh, the idea here is to really collaborate with uh, all the major stakeholders, industries, uh, non-profit organizations, uh, universities, uh, to, uh, let's say, to tell the truth about mm -hmm. automated vehicles mm -hmm. today and for tomorrow. The expectations. And yes. And, so and the, 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 the mission is also to educate the public opinion. Yes, that's, that would be my, my, my next question because I checked online what PAVE is doing And the first thing they put is really to inform the public about automated vehicles. And what I realized is um, that it's very easy to talk about automated mobility among experts, and we are doing this in our everyday lives. We go to conferences, uh, we have this committee at UITP that you mentioned, these projects. So it's experts talking to experts. And But at the end, as, you, as we say it for the European project, it is tax money. <laughs> and at the end, what we do is for the public. So how to connect with them and how... So do, do you have already some, some, some ideas for your, for your future role? How can you, we best connect with the public and make sure that everyone um, get to know what we are doing and that we, are, we, are, we can be maybe more transparent about this development? Yes, indeed. Uh, it's... Um We, we, we can only succeed if we involve the public, I mean, the, the, citizens, the citizens in this, yeah. the, this technology. We need to involve them now, where we are testing and telling them what is technology about, uh, to let them test, so to bring them in demonstration site, for example, let them test, uh, involve the young generation, involve the universities, 
also to, to educate and teach to the students, also involve schools, why not? Uh, otherwise, this is a pure technology mm -hmm. that is deployed one day, it will be fully ready, but no one asked for it. Yeah. And no one was aware that this was coming. So it's, uh, it's important because as experts, as professionals, we know the benefits and road safety and uh, sustainability, all we said, but the, the citizens care about their daily life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. And, uh, we forget to remind this exactly. uh, regularly the, why we are doing yeah, this. In their yeah. daily life, they don't care what type of means they use to move. They just want to, that it works perfectly. And if it doesn't work, and then it's... But if we involve them, uh, from now, they started to think about it and to support them. We can create focus groups, uh, can also see the difference of culture in the different countries, uh, how they perceive and feel this, uh, this new technology. I'm sure that we can succeed, but you, of course you all, will always have say haters or yes uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I can see them coming already create challenges yes. to us yeah, yeah, yeah. but with this kind of uh, haters that are um, I don't know if it's more if it's evolving but at least with social media they, they, they've been there definitely we have seen uh, there was uh, some deployment in so it was not in show but some deployment in Barcelona where there was kind of a not a protest, but people really against automated mobility, saying it will take millions of jobs away from the bus driver, or it will, uh, it would be like a, it's a new, they, they could see kind of a post-apocalyptic vision of the robot controlling the world, and I'm not kidding, it was really the comments, and you could see the fear uh, behind, and uh, it, it will be, it will come. I mean, we will be faced to that. And I'm sure in your, in your new association, you will be also faced to this uh, yes. type of very emotional reaction towards uh, auto automation. Definitely. That's why we need to tell them the truth. I don't want to enter in other fields like vaccines and so on, but yes. we need to, yeah, to need to, similar. to, it's quite similar. I mean, we need to, to educate in all senses and, uh, and tell what is, what is the truth, what is, what they, what they have to expect and uh, what is possible and what is not possible. Um, and also uh, tell them that this money uh, are spent to, to invest on research mm -hmm. because without research we cannot advance. Yeah. And um, to conclude, just a word about PAVE again. PAVE is originally from the US, right? They were founded in the US and um, now there is this new organization. Will there still be a link with US? Or um, so how, how will it work? Because you have a big US player, Waymo, uh, in the, in the, as co-founder of this, of PAVE Europe. And uh, Waymo is actually comes from Google and, and so on. So it's very, very big player, <laughs> I would say. So what's, uh, what's, where is the link with, uh, with US? Uh, yes, the PAVE US or North America was funded uh, some years ago already. Uh, there is a link, um, the, 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 but PAVE Europe will be a new association. So a new independent uh, association based in Brussels. Uh, these players will be members of Europe as well, so to, to work with us in Europe, uh, but there will be still a link 
of course we the pave us is part of uh, pave europe as well so we mm-hmm. we we continue this uh, uh this collaboration knowing that the US and Europe are have two different approaches mm-hmm. and also two different focuses I would say yeah uh, we will need a, a full episode on that I guess exactly. to, to describe <laughs> this but in in short maybe saying US is more towards robot taxi development while in Europe we are more towards this shuttles share uh, like more or yeah, no, how or would you, s- uh, would see, you it, see it yeah that US is more focusing on the uh, hadas or an advancement of uh, Automated technology within a car. Yeah, passenger so car. Level yeah. three, mainly reaching level three for private car, maybe, or even robot taxis. Uh, while Europe is more focusing on uh, on shared mobility and the use of these vehicles as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, the, the, this is the Too main path. difference yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. I see. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I hope we will have the occasion to talk about it again with in pleasure, the in the pleasure. future. I hope we will also continue collaborating, and I'm sure since we will be in the same uh, in the same field still. So uh, I wish you all the best for this new job. Um, thank you very much, and uh, thank you very much for accepting talking to us today. And I wish you a fantastic day. Thank you, Guido. Thank you very much, Ariette. It was a real pleasure, and I really hope that we will continue to to collaborate. And I wish you good luck for uh, the future of uh, your career and show. <laughs> you will hear about it, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Thank bye-bye. you, bye. Thanks for listening to Automating Mobility, the people behind the wheel. This podcast would not have been possible without the support from the Horizon 2020 program by the European Commission under the grant agreement number 875530. Check out the links for the show project and other references in the description of the episode and subscribe to our newsletter to stay tuned. Don't hesitate to share this episode or give us feedback to it. My name is Henriette Cornet from UITP and I hope to see you at our next episode.